Hi, and welcome to Women of Substance. I have a very special guest today. I've known her for years and years. In fact, she had been in uh, my churches before and a very dedicated Christian, loves the Lord, uh, loves prayer. In fact, she was my prayer leader at times, and um, her name's Yim No, and she was born in South Vietnam. Uh, Her family had a, a very prosperous business there. And uh, because of the uh, Vietnam War, because of uh, communistic invasion, um, they fled the country and escaped with really just uh, very few things and um, ended up in the United States of America. And so she goes through um, her testimony of all this and her testimony of uh, um, becoming a Christian because they were all Buddhist. And so uh, you'll be really intrigued by all of this. And I think that the most important part is that uh, because of her family's experience with communism at firsthand, that uh, she uh, can uh, genuinely tell you um, the terror of communistic rule and um, probably discourage anyone that has thoughts of uh, wanting our United States to uh, go that direction. So um, you might want to even recommend this podcast to others. I believe it's a very powerful testimony, but uh, be inspired, be blessed. And um, I think that uh, you'll learn a great deal today. God bless you. I want to welcome you to Women of Substance today, and I have a very special guest. This is Yim No. Hi, Yim. <laughs> and um, I've had the pleasure and honor of knowing Yim for years. She's been a, a, just a, such an integral part of our church for so long, and um, prayer prayer leader and and team member for years. And I just so appreciate you, Yim, and. Um, she has some amazing things uh, in her testimony, and I wanted to share that with all of you because I think it will encourage you in many ways. Um, Yim is a uh, uh, educator in Bay County, Florida, and has been uh, tremendous in her field for years there. Um, and not only that, but she loves God. She loves the Word, loves the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And uh, has just been used again so many times in prayer and um, advancing the kingdom of God through her spiritual work. And I just appreciate you so much, Yum, being here with us today. So um, can yeah. you tell the people a little bit about um, how you came to know the Lord? I got born again when I was um, seven, 18, 18. When I came, I went to school and I was in a dorm. Um, all my life, I, I served Buddha and then I got born again at college. What I did was that when I was young, I would say this, um, that when I grow up, I will go to college and I will know the meaning of life and then I mm-hmm. will find it and come home with some family about it. So uh, when I walked in, they, 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 um, they grouped me with this um, young lady from Texas, and she was a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. And so and when I was there, um, we had uh, we lived in a dorm, and we ate 
from the cafeteria. And so I found that everyone around me, not the school, but everyone around me, the circle of nine, ten, they're all born again with spirit filled. Wow. And I was so, I didn't know what was going on, but it did turn out that the Lord later on explained to me that I, he used the words that I used to bring those to pass. So Praise within about a month or two, I got born again. That's so interesting. And that was at the University of Florida, right? No, that was in, I was in a private school, art school, Ringland. Oh, okay. Um, and I was there to be an illustrator. Oh, and then, okay. um, when I got born again, um, they were very persistent. My parents said, um, We've got a thunderstorm going on here. So <laughs> right there in the middle of praise and worship, I just bowed my knees and nobody led me to the Lord. I just bowed my knees and received Jesus. I didn't even know that I got born again until somebody told me that I just got born again. And that's what I <laughs> Oh, that's fascinating. I love that. But you're a University of Florida fan. I am. We went to the University of Florida. And um, I didn't go because um, when we were growing up, we lived in a family, a big family, my parents and my two brothers and sisters. So when we got older, I wanted to not live with my family. So they were all going to the University of Florida. So I wanted to go somewhere else that it wasn't with them. Yes. But I was close enough to be with them if I wanted to travel. Yes. Interesting. That's great. Well, I think it's so wonderful that, um, you know, after years of, like you said, of serving Buddha, that, you know, you turned your life over to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's that's quite a, a, a change that went on. And um, I remember... At some point we were talking and you said that uh, you had asked Buddha to heal your father, right? Mm-hmm. And nothing happened? Nothing happened. And he, um, he died uh, in the hospital. Um, we were all in the waiting room. He was in ICU and I prayed. And he just did not, there was nothing going on there. And, right. and I was, um, at that point in my life, when nothing happened and I needed power, I needed life, I needed grace and peace. There was none. So I made up my mind that um, I wasn't going to reject Buddha at that point. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty much without a God. And then when I went to um, Greenland School of Arts, I met those friends and um, uh, my, my roommate had a Bible on her, her desk. And I said, what is this? And she said, it's a Bible. So I asked to be, to read it. That was the first time I touched a Bible and read it. I understood the book of Proverbs and said what I read. And so, um, they just continued to witness to me all the people that he gathered around because I didn't know that that was not normal to have so many Christians that are filled with the Holy Spirit, young Christians. 17, 18 year old kids. And, um, but they were all around me and they all knew each other. And I was the only one that wasn't born again. And, um, they talked about Abraham. They talked about Moses and I had no idea. So I said, who are these people? You know, and they <laughs> tell me they're in the Bible. And I remember, and they're like, this is the first time too for me to comprehend it. They said, they're not dead. They're in heaven. And so that was very strange with Jesus. 
I'm sure. So tell us a little bit about your background and living in Vietnam. Yes, I was born in um, the very tip of Vietnam, called Rat Ya, and it's very, you can't go farther. I mean, you step out of my my house, there's, there's the coast, and then you bump right into the bay, and the bay leads into the Pacific Ocean, and then you go south. Mm-hmm. So Vietnam can't go further south than that, and that was our home. I was born in a time of war, Vietnam War, and um, so I really didn't know anything else, but the war did not come to my town. It was, it started um, in central Vietnam and it came down and down and down. But I do remember, uh, growing up, there would be, um, curfew and you had to be in your house. And, and the way that my father built our house, cause we, we built our house, um, on the coast, just about a street down, a block down from my grandparents. And, um, there will be, there, there, we will hide in the house and, that the, the walls were pretty thick because of the bullets that were flying. Mm. Much until toward the end, when I was around seven, that was when the war began to close and we lost the war. And my parents, um, my dad worked for the U.S. Um, I'm not sure exactly because they never talked about it. In Vietnam, if you are a male, you were drafted. At the age of 18, they would be drafted. And so uh, whatever profession you were in, you were drafted into the Army. And my father, I remember growing up without him so many times because he was always out. And that was normal. All the men, all the fathers, all the brothers, all the uncles were gone. So it wasn't abnormal to see your friends without their dad. And it wasn't, it was normal for me. And he'll be gone for, for days and days and then he'll come home and he'll crash and he'll sleep. And uh, it was normal to see guns in the house. We were told that my father was in the military and my father was um, military police. That was what we were told at home. And we were told that. And so every and this was in the middle of the Vietnam War. Anybody asked, we would say that my father's a military police. But it turned out that when I was giving my testimony at my church a couple of weeks ago, my mom really came out and told me that your father was never military police. He worked undercover. He worked with the Green Berets, and he was one of those there were four of them in their branch working directly. They took the orders directly under their general. And they took no order from anyone else. The, the, the general gave them their orders, and they worked with the American Green Beret. And his job was to hunt down the enemy and either to expose them or to kill them. So it was top secret, I guess. Um, so we never knew. And so when Vietnam lost, we were invited by the um, the military. I'm not sure exactly if it was army or or um, a marine, but he worked closely with them. And so um, they invited him and my family to 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 pretty much airlift us to America and help us um, become citizens of American 
Um, many of those that served in the Vietnam War did take advantage of that in 1975 and left Vietnam with the American soldier when they withdrew from Vietnam. But my mom and we living in the South had no idea what communism was. And our land was there, our wealth were there, our businesses were there, our family was there. And so my mom didn't want to go. And, but my father really wished to go, but because my mom did not want to go, we stayed. Um, so he let, he saw many of his friends leave. And, um, I remember you can ask any question, Pastor. I'm just giving you a short. Okay. Um, I remember the day when um, Vietnam lost and all the soldiers, the American soldiers left. We can see them leave because um, we were deep south and you can see the, the trucks were removing, going into the base. You can see the absence of American soldiers all around town. You knew that it was a very different atmosphere, but you just didn't know what. There was a lot of fear. A lot of fear. People were locked in their house. And when we lost the war, the electricity went out. Um, everybody, nothing was working. Electricity was out. And there was water. The, all Everything closed down. And everybody were locked in their houses. And I remember waking up early in the morning. And these big trucks, because my house are, is a two-story home. And so you can look out from the bedroom up, up on the second floor. And we will peek out of the window and we can see these big trucks rolling in down the street and they have speakers and they told us, um, to look for, you know, to report to headquarters. If you serve in the army, you serve in any armed forces to report and to do your paperwork and report how many people were in your home and so on and so forth. So, but nobody moved. And then eventually we got out of our home and the adults left to go sign up and report to the headquarters. And all the men that were at home because they had left their base to go home, they report to headquarters and they were taken away. And a lot of the men, just the women didn't know where they were. Their wives didn't know where they were. Children didn't know. No, there was no phone. There was no TV. There was nothing. Mm. Uh, and the, the the city was bombed, but it wasn't so bad as because I was so south that we we still have pretty much everything, but nothing was working. Everything was shut down. The banks were shut down. The grocery stores were shut down. So um, whatever you had in your house was what you ate, and then. The fear, the tremendous fear. Um, there was no talk of prayer. There was no God. There was no Jesus. Um, it, you were left destitute. There was no peace. There was no grace. Everything was tremendous. It just, the fear was so thick that you, you could cut it with a knife. That was how bad it was. And I was seven, six and seven years old because it, it was a year. Of that before we left Vietnam. Yeah. Um, and if I remember correctly, you told me this years ago that your grandfather um, was went missing, and um, you never saw your grandfather again. No. Um, 
going back because Vietnam has been in a tremendous turmoil for years. Uh, we fought against the Chinese, we fought against the Japanese, the French. Um, everybody wanted a part of Vietnam and colonized Vietnam because Vietnam is that little S shape that is um, that is the the coast to the the Pacific Ocean. And so you can have ports there. So it's very advantageous to have Vietnam. So many countries have taken Vietnam, but they just could not conquer Vietnam because Vietnam did to them what we did to the American guerrilla warfare. So Vietnam was very good at guerrilla warfare because they've been fighting it for thousands of years. Um, before communism had a big fight, as in wars upon wars against the South, because the South took went after democracy and the North went after communism because they they were destitute. They they needed um, help, and so they needed unity. And so communism promised them that. And so people were hungry, they were starving, and so they wanted to. They believed that communism will provide them food and and equality. But it wasn't so. So when we were, uh, Vietnam was shifting, the North was shifting toward communism. My father was about one year old. Um, my grandfather, his father, uh, fought against it. He spoke out very loudly against it. Um, he was totally against it. He did not believe in in communism. He he believed that it will take away your dignity, your rights, your equality, everything that was given to you as a human being. It will be lost. And so, um, and he was in his early twenties. So one late night, and this is before I was born. My father was about one. Um, and reports say that, and my grandmother said that some men with guns and knives came into their house, broke into their house, and took my grandfather away. And they never saw him again. Mm-hmm. They never found him. They don't know where he went. And so he disappeared. Mm-hmm. And that happened. It wasn't, that was not an anomaly. It was normal. If you stood up against something that you didn't believe, they didn't, they, they, there, there was so much lawlessness going on that one one life was just not a big deal. It it is appeared. Yeah. And then um, your father, they took your father at some point in time. They did. And, uh, because he had been working for the United States or with the United States Incorporation. And uh, tell us what happened then. They took all of the men, all of the men that served in the war. They were criminal. They were war criminals because they were involved in killing the enemy up north. Vietcong is what we call it. And so, um, but my father, again, like all the other men, disappeared. We did not know where he was. Um, my mom could not liquidate the money in the bank. The bank was frozen. Everything that we had were frozen. Nobody went to work. So food was getting very scarce. So what the women folk did was they went to a network where they talked to each other and they linked up with other people trying to find information, pass information on to each other to find their husband or their children or whatever. And um, eventually, because my father knew a lot of people, they eventually 
got word to my mom that this is where your husband is. And so she uh, collected as much money as she can with the help of other people. And you, you had to have something to give. And because my family, um, there was a lot of love there and there was a lot of giving when people needed help. So they had a lot of grace for us. So when we needed help, people extended their help for us. And I'm talking about going back to my, my great grandfather. Um, so the law of giving and receiving harvesting was at work, even though you didn't have God. Um, so what it is, is my mom had whatever she had, she liquidated and give to certain people to try to find her way to my father. The reason my father didn't stay so long for years and years, because some men stay for 20 years, 30 years in, in concentration camp. They call it educational camp because mm-hmm. they were criminals. Um, they killed, um, Kong, so they were warfare criminals. My father was a military police, so they he didn't kill anybody. He was just a cop on base. So right. they, they think that he did lightly, so they let him go. And, yeah. But it wasn't for free, though. It was everything was you have to have money. Sure. The communism is all free. They love you. They share. They, it is a lot of hate and very. You, you, it's very hard to find love and mercy. Yeah. A lot of hate and a lot of selfishness and, um, grab what you can. It is not about, because many rich people lost their stuff. <laughs> In the bank was gone. And to make sure that they, we had no control of our money, they would change the currency. For instance, if you have the dollar now, they might move it to something else and they print new money. And so you had to trade your money in for that new money. And then eventually you had to trade again and again. So the currency changed constantly because they could not stabilize the economy. Nobody was working. And if all the professionals were in jail, the doctors because they were serving in the army. And so you have women folks at home trying to feed their children. But, um, it, it was a very, um, horrific time. The war was horrific because we saw so many people die. But the, the, the bad thing is there was no Jesus. There was no gospel. There was no and if there was, I didn't know about it because it wasn't allowed to be preached. Even when when we were still a democracy, the, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, uh, the, the knowledge of the finished work of Jesus, that by his stripes you're healed, that he became poor, so that none of that was understood or taught. Right. We were in the dark. Yeah. And the devil preyed on those that knew nothing about Jesus and he devoured. He devoured family. He I don't know anyone in my history and I I was young then. I don't know anyone that didn't have anyone die in their family because of the war. Mm, wow. Whether it be uh, sickness or disease, whether it be guns or um people being as forgive me, it's dirty, but people were hurt. Women were hurt. Women were, so many bad things happened. Really? Like I have a sister that died. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my oldest brother, and then I have a sister, and then us. That sister died because of the lack of medicine, because mm-hmm. 
the war was going on and there was so much lack. And right. when this came in, there was more lack. Right. It was scarce. Yeah. Um, so just uh, to insert this, because so much, you know, uh, in the United States now, you hear these trendings toward socialism and even communism. What would you say? What would you say to that or to those who are uh, entertaining those kind of ideas in their mind about government turning to socialism and even communism? Until you live it, you don't know it. Um, and I was young. Um, let's say this way. I will ask you, do you like living on welfare? Do you like living on food stamp? Do you like living on a limited income? And with you working, not welfare system, you're working, you have a limited system. Do you like what you saw in the VA when, when soldiers had to wait for years to get treatment because they were sick? Mm. If you did not enjoy that, then communism is not for you because that's exactly what happens. There, um, the schools are downgraded. Um, there is, if you are sick, you might wait in line a long time to go to the hospital. The medicine might not be there. Um, no one, and in, and even if you're a genius and you go to school, you might not uh, get to where you want to go because they select, the, the powerful will select the ones that are their family or, or, or the, the, someone that they know or someone pay their way in, um, will go to those privileged schools and the mm -hmm. talent will not be selected because right. they don't have the money. So not like America where you can lease, uh, I mean, you can go to school and, you know, student loan and stuff. No, you you have to have privilege and you have to know someone that knows someone to get somewhere. Um, it, it, it wasn't like that. But if you like food stamp, if you like living on an income that the only thing I can, it was so bad. Um Everything was lacking, um, and people were dying in the hospital because the doctors were not trained well, um, because they were told certain things in medical school that was not appropriate because somebody made decisions that didn't know what to do. So right. basically, it's very controlled. Yeah. Everything is controlled and with permission. You have to, you have to ask permission for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, so that they can release whatever it is that you need. If right. you need, if you, if they have five, if your family is seven, then you might have mm -hmm. two loaves of bread that you can buy, not buy, because there's not enough for everyone. Um, and so, if you need more, then you might have to find a different way, break the law, go to the black market. There's no other way. Um, yeah. If you need help, if somebody is very sick, you might not get treatment until it's your time. So um, your family, when your father came back home, your mother had found out a way to get him back. Um, you told me that he said, uh, we're going to leave, but we have to uh, do it in a clandestine way. We can't just, I guess they just wouldn't let you leave, right? So you had to. You can't leave. You had to make a plan and. 
you knew that it could be any time, night or day, but he really didn't let y'all know until the time that he was going to escape or help y'all escape and get out. Can you tell people about that? I think that's fascinating too. We were not allowed, even like I lived here in America for so long. I did not know that my father was working for, for with the Green Beret, trained by the Green Beret, that kind of thing, because it was top secret between my mom and dad. It was not leaked at all because if one of us, because your neighbors, you don't know who is your friend. You can say one thing and then they might report to, to certain ones and they might have, and they might have their reward or they're, they're favored because they report and turn you in. And then next thing you know, your family may be arrested. Your, everything you own that you still have might be taken away. There is no law where you say that you, you, um, you, you know, you're innocent until you, you know, proven guilty. No. Once you've been accused, you can be imprisoned. Um, there, the court system is just a facade because right. it's already decided. But, um, so when my father returned home, they thought he was just a police, uh, you know, military police. So he didn't work and they thought he was depressed. And my mom went to work. Um, and so we all went to school. Um, but we, um, he he stayed home and they thought he was depressed. He was he couldn't find a job. But what he was doing was he was using what he was trained and he made connection. He began to look for clues because we did have a fishing ship, uh, because we our home is right on the coast and it's a fishing town. We have a fishing ship. My grandfather had many fishing ships, but they were looked upon. They were looking for an excuse to take our home because we had a two story home. Um yeah. Was at, they were already alluding to my mom that our house was too big for our seven people. Mm. And so the house, and there's so many people in need. And so, um, and they, people would come and visit and look your house up and down. Oh, this is so pretty. This is so pretty. That kind of thing. But you know that they're looking at your things to see if they can find a way to, to have it. Um, but the point was, my father was looking for a way out of Vietnam. There was no airplane out. There was no bus out. There was no boat out. If you want to do it, I remember, remember when, when Q, Q, Cuban were trying to leave Cuba, yeah. whatever, and some died on the sea to try to get to Miami. Yeah. Exactly how you do it. You go by mountain, cross Laos, across into Thailand. And Thailand was into, uh, there was a lot of human trafficking. So many people did not return home. Um, so my father had a rule. We stayed together. So he found someone that was trying to escape. And so he, he knew a lot of people in his job before. Mm-hmm. So he told them. I know that you have a party tonight, but this party is to make sure that everybody is coming into your house to escape to this boat. And if you will allow my family to go, I will not report you. I will not make a, I will not leak this information. And and it's not just that, but they knew my father from way back. He had built relationship. He built this kind of thing. And so they said, okay, get your family here by midnight. We are leaving. So what he did was there was no telephone. You cannot send messages. So he rushed home in his motorcycle. So what he did was none of us knew if if they follow us so closely. No, none of us knew. So my mom knew 
So he told my mom to take the two youngest one and take them and go to this location. So my mom went. Then he took my sister and I on his motorcycle, one and we one in the front, one in the back, and he drove us to a location. And he um he could not take them, us to that house because we were kids and they were having parties. So he left us in a cemetery in the dark. And um and then he went to get my older brother. So we were there in the cemetery in the dark with no light for I don't know how long. It was it was wet, it was damp, and um, the sepulcher were high, and we, we were afraid that our father couldn't find us. It was just very, a lot of fear. When you don't have Jesus, fear is dominant. Mm. So, um, and oppression, depression, it's dominant. It's just right. like a hopeless way of living. And so um, eventually someone came. It wasn't our father. Someone came. And he sent someone to come to us and he knew my father knew exactly where he left us. We didn't think he knew where he left us, but he did. And they came and they called us by name. And that's how we knew that they were sent by our father because they called us by name. They came to us and they just literally picked us up, you know, and carried us. And then when we got to the, we never got to the house. We got to the beach. They were hustling to, because most of the people that had bought tickets into that fishing boat, these are wealthy people that bought tickets to leave Vietnam into a tiny little boat. Um, they put it in us in basket and they were slinging us like, like we were fish in the basket, slinging us onto the boat and loading us up and, and leaving. And I remember we had to hush and if a baby, they had sleeping pills for babies. Mm. They were so afraid that the baby wouldn't wake up, but there was no other way. If the right. baby cried, we would be found out. And very much like World War II with the Jew, if they were kind, they would capture you and take you back to prison, into prison. But it, it's normal to just be shot right there on the boat. And so the patrol will be out on the bay because they know people were leaving Vietnam. And those people on the boat bought the ticket to the seat. It's not like a, a seat at Disney. This is a seat under the boat where fish are everywhere. You are undercover. They're hiding you. Um, the stench, the, the closeness, the, the, just the degraded condition. But you had to do what you had to do to leave because, um, so many people were, were, were captured or put in prison, and we didn't know the condition of Vietnam. Sure. Even when we left, there were so many people that starved, died. Mm. Vietnam is the way it is now, but that was many years back. But sure. Many died for yeah. me like this. Right. So that night, your ship made it to where? Where did you go? We did not. We left south. We were in the southern border, and we were heading out, and we were heading to Malaysia okay. because Thailand, Vietnam is this way, and Thailand is towards south, um, to the southwest, and we're heading down. And as you go towards south, you you can go into Indonesia, right. you can go into the Philippines, or you. But we wanted to go to Malaysia because in the, the human trafficking is very. Um, how do you say it? It, it? We knew about human trafficking. And right. and so we did not want to fall into Philippines or Indonesia. Right. We knew that Indonesia 
um, the, those southern countries. Um, we didn't know about Muslim or, or any of like that. And I'm not. What we know is that they were not kind, right? Captured, and you will not have freedom. And we wanted freedom. Sure, we were willing to give up our life to have freedom. And so Malaysia was where we were headed. So we depended upon the captain to make sure that they steer the steer the ship toward Malaysia into in, into international water. When we were still in Vietnam water, it was very scary. And I remember there was a close encounter because we came across a patrol trying to cross over the border, the water into international water. And um, there was hollering. They were, they were asking our boat, where are you going? You're fishing. Why are you so far out? And I'm not sure exactly because we were hidden, you know, in the deck. And then there were these compartments because they're fishing ships. So they're compartments of whole ship with literally they held us in there. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly if money was exchanged or what happened, but we were allowed to pass the border of Vietnam into international land. And we floated for several days until we got into Malaysia. Right. We They took us into an island in Malaysia, and we stayed there as refugee, refugees for, for months. Um, and so, again, there, um, my father had been prepared. Many people didn't know, but he was very prepared because he worked the job that he worked. He had laced um, gold threads of gold in our clothing. So we knew, we didn't know, but my mom knew what to wear because we left two layers of clothing. That's it. You cannot bring anything else, nothing else, just two layers. And it looked like you just cold and you're wearing something. But there was some money and some gold. It was not money, gold, just pure gold. So that 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 can take us where we need to go and buy what we need to to get us settled in a new world. Yeah. With nothing. Yeah. And um, you eventually came to the United States. Um, your siblings and yourself, none of y'all spoke English. No. And yet you came over here and um, all of you learned the language here. Um, I think everyone in your family is a professional, right? Yes. Yes. And um, even your mother. Uh, is a business owner yes. in Florida, has been for years. And uh, it's just amazing the um, the fortitude and just the courage that your, your all of your family showed uh, through that time. And then even after coming to a, a foreign nation and learning and growing and developing and uh, obtaining degrees. And uh, it's just so inspiring, Yim to me and um i hope it's inspiring others too and then too uh that you became a christian and have prayed for your family and with your family many times of different uh times in their life where there were hardships or needed healing and and god has uh, moved so mightily in your family and i don't think you heard this pastor but my mom got born again about a year ago oh praise god she did. Uh, so beautiful. I knew that you had been putting that before the Lord for a while. Yes. <laughs> so she talks to Jesus. She loves to listen to Joel Osteen. Oh, nice. She, she called him the young pastor. Um, oh. She, she, she's, I like to watch the young pastor. <laughs> That's his name. Um, but she loves Joel Osteen so, um, because he's always smiling and uplifting. Yeah. 
But Pastor, I'm telling you, I just come back to the communism. Whatever people are telling you, mm-hmm. you're putting your life in somebody's hand. Yeah. And for you to get your tuition paid, somebody lost their money to pay for you. Mm-hmm. And and for you to get whatever you need, you might not get it. Or they might come for your stuff and right. they not spread it out fairly because if you only Jesus can be kind in an in, in unselfish way and giving. But anybody that promised you that you will have an education for free, that you can, um, that the government will take care of you, it's not, it's a lie because I saw it. We live under communism for almost, we left Vietnam in 1978. We lost in, uh, so we lived there for about Three years before we had to escape because it was so bad. And, right. and we heard that's just a little bit of the, the suffering, but we, we knew we could die anytime. But my father said, I'd rather fight for your future. And when we were in the, the, the refugee camps, there were many nations that wanted, that had their agency opened to receive refugees into their country. I'm talking about Australia. Germany, England, but my father did not want that. He wanted America. Mm -hmm. He said, in America, it's true capitalism. The others are socialism. And he wanted us to have the ability, what you mentioned, is to bypass our 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 boundaries to get get a degree and be whatever we want to be and earn however much money we set our goal to. But he said in a socialism and he talked about taxes, how much taxes you can't bypass that. Right. In America the taxes are are less and then you have the opportunity no matter who you are. You can be Asian and you can still succeed in America. Yeah. Unlike the communist you have to have you. You think communist is not prejudice and discriminate, Pastor? I am telling you, if you are African American or whatever, oh, oh let I say, it. they are not tolerant mm. of differences. Mm. Everybody needs to be alike, and if you look different, you may be discriminated, and and they will act out. Yeah. They will treat you a certain way. It is not, it is not like you, America, people complain that America is not, um, we are discriminate or prejudiced. This is not it. Compared to China, how many diversity do you see in China or Vietnam? It's not there. Yeah, I think that um, a lot of what is said uh, about socialism and communism is um, false information. And, um, I, I think that's very sad, um, because, uh, ones who've been involved in it, like your family, know the truth about it. And, um, there's been several people in my life that, um, another lady that I interviewed from Hungary that she escaped communism, uh, way back. Um, and then, uh, you know, we have friends, other friends too, that have talked about getting out of countries because, of just what you've described. And, um, you know, we should, we should see, um, the people coming across the border and know why many are coming. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I hate that all this is happening and, and that, you know, there's not 
uh, more formal entrance into the United States, uh, you know, right now. I think there should be. Um, but the, the fact is we, we don't see the United States citizens running to these other countries, uh, like they're coming to us. And that in itself should speak volumes about our freedoms, you know, and, um, opportunities, like you were saying. And, uh, it's just something that we don't need to lose. And plus, it's just not that way. If you look like China is an emerging uh, country into a world power, already is a world power. I'm not being political, but when you have that freedom to learn, freedom to to just pursue your happiness and your dreams, it's unstoppable. And other nations are sending their people here to learn engineering, to learn medicine, to yeah. learn so much, to learn technology, to yes. take home. And so why is America so blessed? Because America has, number one, capitalism, but more than that, America has Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, even though not everybody believes in Jesus, but America predominantly has a praying church that will bring the power of God into the middle of it and God can turn it around. But pastor, communism is very dark and I cannot express how dark it is where there is no Jesus there. Yeah. There is Jesus. Nobody knows about him or allowed to speak about him or they might be persecuted. They might be harmed. So here in America, the, the greatest freedom pastor is you can talk about Jesus all day and nobody will hunt you down and put you in jail or yeah. you or hit you or beat you. Jesus, he, he's, I, I just love America because Jesus is available. Yes. Amen. I love that too. And, um, Yim, before you go, um, will you pray for our uh, nation and uh, for the for the ones maybe that have heard today, maybe they've never heard anything like this before, and um, you know they they um, are turning toward the Lord or turning toward a different idea about hey maybe our uh, republic is is a good idea maybe capitalism is a good idea you know um, just just pray for a minute for those listening and of course this this podcast I, I you know I want it to inspire especially women I know men listen to it too they've told me but um you know for uh women to uh be courageous and do what God's called them to do in whatever field that is I mean you're a school teacher you know and you do such a fine job and and there's so many testimonies of the children that you prayed for and other teachers and even your principles, you know, through the years, you've made such a difference and impact. And um, so I just want uh, the women that are listening to be inspired to do what they, what, what God has put in their heart to do. Okay. So would you pray for us? Yes. Father God, we just pray that all that listens and hear this message, that you will give us wisdom. And those that have not received you as your Lord and their Lord and Savior, we pray, Father, that they will receive, that you will open their heart, that they will be receptive, their heart will be receptive to Jesus, that they will receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, because only Jesus is the one that has remission of sin to offer us. 
Only Jesus is the one that can give us peace and grace, the power of God to work in our life, to to lift us up, to bring victory into our life, to bring help into our life. And Father, I just pray for those that are needing your wisdom, that they will have wisdom concerning uh, capitalism, concerning communism, what is right and what is wrong, what is your will, Father. And we just pray that above all else, that we all will know you so that we can prosper and be in good health even as our soul prosper in jesus name jesus name amen thank you (laughs) and i appreciate you being on uh this podcast and hopefully we can do it again i'm sure you have a lot more to share i know you do i know you have so much uh uh you know so many experiences with god yourself and uh with others and um, also just, uh, tremendous testimonies, you know, so we'll do it again, maybe. <laughs> and maybe next time the thunderstorm won't be raging, <laughs> but hopefully people could hear because I know, uh, what you said is just, it's just remarkable. What a remarkable story and such a happy ending here, you know, for, uh, for your family. I'm so thrilled about your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. But I love you, Yim, and we'll 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 do it again, okay? Right. okay? Thank you, Pastor. What an inspiring story. And uh, you know, I think that um the the most amazing thing to me is that people um just keep walking and going and don't lose hope in, in a hopeless situation. And then in her case, of course, uh, her family and uh, herself, you know, are born again now, filled with the Holy Ghost, walking with God. And such an integral part of, uh, you know, she was for so many years in my church. And then now, uh, since I moved to Tampa, she goes to a wonderful church in Panama City Beach. And so I just um, thank God that he can uh, restore and bring such happiness and peace in the lives of people who have endured so much. Um, I uh, want to invite you to continue to listen to uh, the podcast. I've heard so many wonderful uh, reports of people listening and, and really being uh, touched by these. So uh, I encourage you to go back in the history and listen to the ones we've already done. And then uh, we've got some exciting podcast coming up with some tremendous speakers as well. So until then, God bless you. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter. And we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles. And then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We pastor a local church here. Uh, But we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.